hello and welcome to crime podcast a podcast that's ran by two ladies who play games mumble profanities and laugh way too often also this podcast does cover topics of sensitive nature and as such listener discretion is advised i'd like to add that we also have no idea what we're talking about ever as part of the disclaimer never we never know what we're talking about. Ever. Zero research. Nothing. Just <laughs> just talking. Fill in the space. Air Brain, all air, no thought. Air flow through my ear, out my mouth. <laughs> That's how that <laughs> happens. Hello, my name is Jen, and welcome back to the Wheel of Crime Podcast. And my name is Emily. I I won't lie to you, I think I had a stroke trying to read our disclaimer because my brain, like, jumped to this part of the show where we introduce ourselves and I was gonna be like, hi there, my name is Emily! <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> wait, I've made oh a mistake, God, so... stop, go back! What am I doing? What am I doing? But yes, welcome back to another week. Uh, time has indeed passed, once again... Oh bloody, oh blada, life goes on. Ah. Did you, uh, did you, we're record, we were pre-recording these episodes, this episode, by the way, because, um, when we usually record on Sundays, it will be Mother's Day. So we've made the executive choice to be with our mothers instead of here barely speaking to each other with one brain cell. Basically, uh, yeah, that is, that is the goal, um, but is there anything that uh, we should share with our listeners that uh, that we know fresh, fresh and new compared to our last episode? I mean, I was going to ask, what are your plans for Mother's Day, Em? Well, sorry. <laughs> Cat Mageddon over there. She is a menace. Uh, she, like, looks at, like, the, the green bar moving on the audio recording and she's like, I need, I need to touch it. But it's fine. <laughs> Apparently she tried to run multiple tracks at once and the program was like, nah, bitch. So we're fine. Um, but as for my plans for Mother's Day, uh, my mom really, really loves uh, doing like a sushi dinner, like a fancy little sushi dinner. So I'm going to take mm -hmm. her out and we're going to do like a, just a nice little sushi dinner. And maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe I'll do something else. I haven't decided yet, but she's been talking about it for like a month now because she really looks forward to it every year. So I know that that'll be like one thing I do for sure. Aw, that's sweet. Yeah, super sweet. What about yourself? Uh, well, I'm going to travel all the way back to our hometown from where I live in yes. southern Alberta. Yep. Long journey. Long On the uh, dusty trail. Yeah, you're going to take your horse to the old town road and you're going to ride till you can't no more? Basically. Uh, <laughs> essentially. But yeah, um, well, I don't sense know. For, like, we don't really have a any... literal redneck capital, so... <laughs> early uh we don't really have any concrete plans i think the plan is i'm gonna drive to our hometown from calgary and i'm going to there's a really great place here in the city called pie junkies and they make these like little mini like cupcake size 
pies that are like you can get either sweet or savory but i've only had the sweet ones because savory ones are basically all meat ones Uh, but i'm gonna bring her some of those because she likes pie and she's never tried them so i think it'll be a hit you should bring me a sweet pie and see me i'll send you the flavors and you can tell me which one you want (laughs) well i hope you have time to see me i don't know if you will but if you are able to catch me on your drift in and drift out of town, maybe we can do something <laughs> together. Well, maybe I'll stop in before I see my mom and drop off you and your mama a pie. We are so lucky. I'm excited. No. <laughs> you're like you're like um you're like Santa Claus but with pies. You're you're Jill Will, the pie fairy. Jill will. That's gonna. That's gonna haunt me. <laughs> Jill will the pie fairy. I love it. This is your legacy. Yeah. And then, I think we, usually we go to like a greenhouse or something on Mother's Day and pick my mom out some oh, flowers for the holiday. So we'll probably do that. Have some pies. Vibe in the yard. You know, we usually sit out on the patio if it's nice enough. So yeah. that's the plan. I think. That sounds like a good plan to me. And. That's a really good point about the greenhouses. I always forget that they have, like, a special Mother Day, Mother's Day sale, so I should probably try and drag her to one of those things, too. Yeah. My mom loves plants. I love plants. It's a win-win, really. I know. I, well, I'm in the same boat. I need to find more plants that cats uh, can eat and not die from. So maybe a greenhouse is a good place to go. It's true. My boy is allergic to all pollinated things, so he usually suffers a little bit on Mother's Day, but that's okay. Yeah, that's be his like problem. That. That is the sacrifice on uh, having to be born. So uh, he can deal with that. <laughs> exactly. He used to tell me that spring was his favorite season, but he's like allergic to the whole season. So I don't know why. Also with where we live, we don't really have a spring. So I, I think he's just a liar. Um, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably likes the summer because we don't actually get spring. We get snow, 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 melts away with one hot day wind lots of wind snows again um everything dead no green uh warm then again all of a sudden all the green and it's summer yeah and then all of a sudden it's summer and you have grass and that's it no flowers only grass you go buy flowers and pretend like they grew there naturally that is basically it yep and you're like wow if i lived anywhere else i could have flowers and my outside right now but i don't so i'll have them on my inside because it's still snowing outside heckin cold it's hailing for some reason that's another thing too is we don't really have a rainy season it's a haily season it's like not instead of snow you just get sky shrapnel and no (laughs) rain and then it'll melt eventually (laughs) a little bit of rain you know just enough to flood all of calgary and then it's gone yep calgary everywhere between there and edmonton it all gets flooded and then the grass is here hallelujah and then it's winter again (laughs) and then it's winter again (laughs) yep i love that for us uh i wish i could have a couple words with my ancestors but i feel like if i was ever in that situation uh i would probably have other words first but you never know um but i do criticize their decisions Almost every day. I mean, fair enough. That's why I plan to move out of this hellscape of a province. Well, you're taking me with you, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, 
All right. Well, are you ready for our wheel of questions? I am. <laughs> you look I'm like gonna I'm edit out that hostage. I'm editing out that readjustment, but Emily just did like a fucking backflip on her bed to get comfortable again. <laughs> I did. Uh, I sprained my ankle like a month ago. Wait a minute. Did I tell you how I sprained my ankle? You did. Did I mention it on the podcast at all? I don't think you did. Oh my gosh, Kate. So I was at an event that had beverages consumed. And I competitively danced to rah rah Rasputin against my sister and went full down into a, like, Russian can-can split situation. Then... I tried to piggyback somebody who is like twice my size and then I fell down the stairs at my building and woke up the next day with a massively sprained ankle and it's uh, it's still a problem. So uh, I it's not comfortable. <laughs> I'll say that much, but uh, I am still alive. So there's that. Uh, do I have regrets? A couple. Many. <laughs> Would I do the same thing again? Maybe. <laughs> You're thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. It was fun, uh, but not loving the loss of mobility, but I, I'm assuming that probably also comes just with age, unfortunately. So, uh, on that note, let's spin our wheel of questions. <laughs> So what would you do if like you were say like at work or you were just like traveling somewhere and you saw somebody in public and you met them and they look exactly like you. Like you stand beside them, same height, same hair, same eyes, same smile. Like would you point it out? Like what would you do? I don't know. I think it would be weirded out. But I'm not, I'm like a very introverted person, so I probably would say nothing but be severely weirded out and probably, like, just run away. Okay, okay. I'd be like, I gotta get out of here. It's not (laughs) safe. Something's fishy. I gotta leave. (laughs) Literally. See, I honestly thought about it, and, um... I don't think that my brain would even recognize that they looked like me until somebody else said something first. Probably, like, yeah. Because, like, I've had times where, like, say I've, like, dyed my hair and then walked past a mirror and then gotten spooked at, like, who just walked past the mirror. <laughs> I don't honestly think I would know. Like, I would have no clue. I'd just be like, oh my gosh, like... I liked that person's shirt. And then whoever I was with would be like, that person literally looked exactly like you. No cap. And I'd be like, what? (laughs) And that would be it. (laughs) Then that would be the exchange. And you'd be like, well, that's weird. Moving on. Yep. Let's go get sushi. Yeah, I'd be like, problem for another day. For now, I am hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Breadsticks. Thank you. Let's go. Right? Exactly. So, all right. Let's spin for our next question. So why do you think there are so many people in the world who look similar that aren't related? Because I feel like even for, say, myself, like, especially with things like reopening and whatever, I'll have times where I'm, like, say, in, like, just, like, a public space where there's lots of people. 
and I'll think I see somebody I know, but it just ends up being somebody who looks like weirdly similar to somebody that I know. But then I like think about it and it's almost like there's like different like genres of people who all just kind of like have very like similar facial, they either have very similar faces or very similar builds. Like why, why do you think that is? Hmm. I don't know. That's an interesting question because I think we almost see what we want in people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when I was, when I first moved to BC, I kept thinking that I like saw people I knew, even though I moved to a city where I didn't know anyone. And so like, I kept being like, oh my God, like it's that person. And I was like, no, it's like very, very unlikely that it's that random person that I'm new in elementary school, you know? Oh yeah. But like, I think it's just like our brains are trying to like put like a name to the face or like trying to recognize someone and it almost like tricks us into thinking we do okay. yeah actually yeah that's a good point i didn't even think about the whole like um looking for patterns because yeah i mean if you've met so many people and they uh, they have like certain distinct features about them if you ever see that on somebody else like that would be a pattern that you'd associate with that person literally that's a good point. I never even thought about that. See, my whole thing when I wrote this uh, on why I think there's so many people who look similar is that kind of on some level, I think that as far as like variation goes between humans, that there probably can only be so much. And mm-hmm. that anything that's like an extreme, like say somebody who has like really big eyes or like thin lips, like there are going to be lots of people who are also like that. So it is kind of almost like a genre. I guess, or just, like, a certain, like, a a certain feature type, right? And there's so many people in the world that, yeah, you would have lots of repetitions that come up like that. I think there can only be so much variation. I would agree with that. I think that, like, you know, there are certain features and, you know, that come from different people and show up in others and... You're bound to have someone who looks like you out in there in the world. Because there's a lot of fucking people in the world. That's the thing. And I think it would be... The only way you could have, like, more distinct variation, I think, would be if, like, there were more anomalies. Like, people will say with, like, a third eye or, like, multiple limbs. You know, like, forearms or something. Like, if there was possibilities like that, we could probably have more variation, but we don't. It's very, like, cookie cutter, mostly. Yeah, but even if you have that variation as, like an option i think that there would still be lots of people who look like you because there would be other factors involved yep. oh totally you know yeah. like you just have the same eyes or the same eyebrows or the same nose or same face shape or body yep. type you know yeah no that totally makes sense to me too yeah yeah all right let's move on yeah. to our last yeah let's move on to our last question all right so how do you feel about like twins or triplets or quadruplets in general like when you meet somebody and then you meet somebody who looks just like them and they're like oh my gosh i have a twin sister or you meet somebody and they're like yeah like triplets run in my family like what is like what is your opinion on that kind of stuff like do you think that's super interesting do you think it's a little creepy like what like what do you think about that my first thought I think goes back to what we were talking about on our episode for last week, where as a person who has the potential to get pregnant, that's terrifying. I don't want that. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Noted. Agreed. 
(laughs) (laughs) But, like, I remember when I was a kid, I always thought, like, having a twin would be so cool. And I always feel like the twins in, like, high school and middle school, they were either, like, really popular or they were, like, the weird people. That would be true. I feel like that's kind of just most people in general. You're either one or the other or you're, like, sporty or something. But, yeah, no, I could see that. But, like, there's, I feel like twins are not that common. So, like, in school, there's only ever, like, one, maybe two set of twins. Mm -hmm. And, like, there was, like, a spectrum of, like, they were either, like, in with, like, the really popular kids or they were, like, grouped in with, like, the kids who were quote-unquote weird. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no. From what I can remember about everybody knowing who's a twin, like, yeah, that would check out, actually. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think about, like, what I can remember. See, I remember when I was, like, a little little kid, I was really good friends with, like, a couple girls who were twins. And I just Mm -hmm. remember, like, one of my earliest memories being how, like, how much people would assume that they had in common with each other. Like, interests or they both, like, thinking that they both liked all the same things because they were also identical twins. Um, Mm -hmm. But their personalities were just so different. And, like, even, like, what they were interested in, like, um... The one girl was, like, really quiet, and she was into more, like, nerdy things. Like, she liked to read, she liked to play video games. Like, she just had more of, like, those types of interests. Whereas the other one was very extroverted and loved being around people and, like, loved to do art and, like, all these other things. And, like, the other one didn't. And it was just interesting to, like, kind of grow up and, like, they would always dress the same and have their hair cut the same but still be so vastly different. And then people would just always assume that they were the same because they were siblings and they looked alike. I think a lot of that is projected onto them by their parents, though. You know, the, Mm -hmm. like, same haircut, same clothes thing. Because I think parents of twins can kind of get caught up in, like, putting them in matching things. Or they both have names that start with R. Or, you know what I mean? I know. And I've always... So, that was another thing, too, that I always felt weird about growing up is, like... I feel like for that type of thing... And this probably comes from being friends with somebody who... Like, people who were twins growing up... Um, it really messed with their sense of identity, like, to a pretty, like, large degree. Because I even remember that the one, she went through, like, a time period where, like, she didn't even want to tell anybody that she had a sibling at all. Because then it would come up into this conversation of, uh, like, having a, a twin and all these things. And she said that as soon as people knew that she had an identical twin, like, it just completely erased her sense of, like, identity. Then suddenly it wasn't that just she was, like, this one person who looks the way she does and has her interests, all of a sudden it was, like, you and your identical sister. And then there's also, like, weird things that come up when you're older, too, where there's, like, a bunch of, like, fetishes, like, around people who are twins, where people are like, oh, yeah, well, like, you could have, like, a threesome with twins, and it would be, like, having sex with the same person. Like, I've had somebody tell me that before about how they felt about, like, those types of situations. And it's, like, your sense of identity becomes optional rather than just a requirement of being a person. Which I always thought was interesting. Yeah, I feel like people look at you as like one half of a whole thing when you're a exactly. Twin. Which like I, which I totally understand why that would mess with a person, especially like in your brain and how you see yourself, right? Because then it would mm-hmm. almost be like you wouldn't feel like because you're seen as not being whole unless you have your partner or like you're like a uh, your twin accomplice. Then it's like without them, what are you? Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I thought that part was really that, interesting, too. 
I feel like that would suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, even with, like, triplets. Like, I have never known any triplets growing up, but I, like, remember in our church there was a lady there who had triplets, and there was, like, another one that had, like, like I think quadruplets or something, but, like, multiples who were all twins and stuff like that, and it's definitely interesting just seeing how that all turns out. Yeah. I don't know. I think that would be really hard as a parent to take care of that many children at once, and I think that would be hard to be a child and like i feel like as like i'm sure you can attest to being an older sibling like Mm -hmm. you already kind of like have to share your parents love once more siblings are introduced right but i think like being a twin it's like that immediate like you're both fresh babies and you're already like splitting that down the half of like what one person can give because you Mm -hmm. know like a parent only has so much to give of themselves oh totally physically emotionally Oh, yeah. Well, physically, emotionally, like, with their time, like, with what they can do. Like, I get that everybody, you know, like, in order to, like, make a child, there has to be, you know, two people involved, usually. Uh, Not always anymore, thanks to science. Um, But, you know, like, even with having, say, like, double parents and having, you know, two fresh babies, like, it's still a lot of work. Yeah. I... I would never want to be in that situation, personally. (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, unless uh, you have it running in your family, it seems highly unlikely that you will have multiple children because it has to be either that you run it, it runs in your family or um, any kind of fertility medication or fertility treatments also increase the possibility of having more than one child. But those are the only things that cause it. Well, I don't have any twins in my family that I know of, so I think I'm safe. Also, I'm not really planning on having children, so I think I'm extra safe. You're, like, double safe then. You know, it'd be <laughs> funny, though, if, like, uh, say, you, this is how you find out, oh, yeah, twins actually do run in our family. It's just one of them always dies or, like, goes missing. Yeah. And then you would be like, oh, no, more things to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Right? But that is all of my questions. So, uh... Well, what do you think? Like, what do you think my topic for you is today? You're for sure going to talk about clones. Or twins who eat each other in the womb. You are actually pretty close. So here is my description for you, okay? So, (laughs) a doppelganger, or uh, which is a German word and it literally means double walker is a biologically unrelated lookalike or a double of a living person. In fiction and mythology, a doppelganger is often portrayed as a ghostly or paranormal phenomenon and is usually seen as a harbinger of bad luck or harbinger of bad luck. Um, Other traditions and stories equate a doppelganger to an evil twin. And in modern times, the term twin stranger is occasionally used and the word doppelganger is often is more often used in a more general, neutral sense, and in slang is used to describe somebody who physically resembles another person. So I kind of have already talked about this particular topic before in relation to a particular story that I covered. Um, and this one is so it I this is one of those topics where I did a bit of a deeper dive into it, and there's actually like more like folds to it than I originally realized. So what I have for you today is like a few different like more widely known stories and it kind of includes a brief synopsis of the one I covered previously 
Um, mm-hmm. And then I wanted to include, like, individual stories that people have of meeting doppelgangers. But for that one, I needed to do a deep dive into Reddit, and it's just, it's a very niche thing, but there's lots of stories about it, so that's kind of something that I wouldn't mind covering in the future. But today, I'm going to give you kind of like a little bit more of an overview of some of these other stories that I didn't tell you about. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it, Em. Yeah, well, and like for our listeners, when I covered this previously, I believe it was like in the earlier part of the epi- of the of our um, story series as well, so a little different um with compared to how we do things now but uh yeah i it's still got some fresh info in there so if you've already listened to that one i uh i hope you'll stick around and enjoy this one too because it's like a like an updated version i see all right well i think you should take her away i'm i'm looking forward to it amazing so doppelgangers versus billication so (laughs) billication is a body double and it, it is considered a paranormal phenomenon, and it typically is seen as a manifestation of a person into another way. So um, a doppelganger is supposed to be a shadow self that is thought to accompany every single person. And traditionally, it is said that only the owner of a doppelganger can see the phantom self, and that's why it is considered a harbinger of death. So if you were to see somebody who looked like you, and nobody else could see them, that would be a doppelganger. And that would be hmm. considered an omen of death. Um, and Oh, spooky. Right? And sometimes a person's friends or family can see the doppelganger, and but they're usually people who would be considered to be closer to you. So, like, if, like, you and I were somewhere and we saw a doppelganger of you, like, a, a stranger who doesn't know you might not have seen them if it was a doppelganger. Um, right. And whereas billication is considered a psychic ability to project an image of yourself into a second location so this is considered to be a version of the body double and is known as a wraith in like some cultures obviously other ones consider a wraith to be something else but in this situation it is indistinguishable from the real person and can interact with others exactly how the real person would so weird Yes, so doppelganger So like a shapeshifter is... type thing. Almost, yeah, except for it's like, um, it's uh, considered to be more of like a psychic thing rather than like an actual physical thing, but it mm. can still interact with people and pretend to be you while at the same time not being you, which is why they consider it to be more of like kind of like a ghostly phenomena type thing. Interesting. Right? Also spooky. So, um... Super spooky. Right? And that's something I never really addressed previously, is that I never even really knew that billication was a real thing. But yeah, it's considered to be something totally separate from doppelgangers, while simultaneously still being, you know, more or less similar in a lot of ways. But um, in the stories I'm going to tell you, there is a couple of them where it kind of talks a little bit about um, what they thought they saw was a doppelganger. But in some of these, it's more similar to billication. Okay. Ancient Egyptians and Norse mythology both contain references to body doubles, uh, just as examples. So, badalgangers as a phenomenon, and kind of what I already discussed as being often associated with bad omens, they first became popular in the mid-19th century as a part of a general surge in the U.S. and Europe in interest of the paranormal. Um, So, kind of like what I was saying before, uh, 
It's had its times through histories where it's been more popular, but they can find signs in literature of doppelgangers, or at least the concept of it, all the way back into ancient Egypt and Norse mythology, which I also thought was really interesting and didn't know. So with that, I'll give you the first uh, story um, that I got here, which is uh, one of a lady named Emily Seiji, uh, which I believe is how you pronounce her name. Um, it's French. So uh, one of the fascinating reports of a doppelganger comes from the American writer Robert Dale Owen, who recounts the tale of a 32-year-old French woman named Emily Seiji. She was a teacher at Penis... Pensionat von Neuwelk, uh, an exclusive girls' school near Walmart and is and in now what is considered Latvia. So, one day in 1845, while Seiji was writing on the blackboard, her exact double appeared beside her. The doppelganger precisely copied the teacher's exact moves as she wrote, except that it didn't hold any chalk. 13 students in the classroom witnessed the event. During the next year, Seiji's doppelganger was seen several times. The most astonishing instant of this took place in full view in front of an entire school body of 42 students on a summer day in 1846. As they sat at the long tables working, they could see Seiji in the school's garden gathering flowers. When the teacher left the room to talk to the headmistress, Seiji's doppelganger appeared in her chair while the real Seiji could still be seen in the garden. Two girls approached the phantom and tried to touch it, but felt, an, felt like an odd resistance in the air surrounding it, and then the image of her slowly vanished. Oh. So that's considered to be one of the first documented stories from the 19th century of a doppelganger. Um, and... Yeah, so, and and that situation, they called it a doppelganger, but by the definition I told you about before, it actually would be considered more to be bilication. Because hmm. everybody could see and interact with it, and it appeared to be almost like a psychic manifestation rather than an actual person. Well, that's fucking weird. Isn't it? So, that was her story. The second story that I'm going to share with you is from... Guy de Mauspassant. So, the French novelist Guy de Mauspassant was was inspired to write a short story that he called um, uh, Louis with a question mark, but it uh, translates just to he question mark. That uh, was inspired after a disturbing doppelganger experience that he had in 1889. While writing, de Mauspassant claimed that his body double entered his study sat beside him and began dictating the story that he was in the process of writing. So, in Louis, the narrative is told by a young man who is convinced that he's going crazy after having glimpsed what appears to be his body double. For de Passant, who claimed to have numerous encounters with the doppelganger, the story proved to be somewhat prophetic. At the end of his life, de Passant was committed to a mental institution following a suicide attempt in 1892. The following year, he died, and it has been suggested that uh visions of a body double may have actually been linked to mental illness caused by syphilis, which he contracted when he was a young man. So, in this one, too, they consider it to be more of like a, like a vilification or bilication type thing, um, because 
it was more centered around his own thought process and it could have also been an indicator of mental illness but he basically in his book really described what it was like experiencing with this body double to the point where he was like yeah no this is like a real life event that i lived with and um and yeah which they then uh determined was maybe a cause of syphilis uh which maybe i don't know i i don't know about that but i mean <laughs> i don't know that much about syphilis but i just have a feeling it might be something else they should maybe recheck the diagnosis on that one that was kind of my thought too for me uh when i was reading up on his story it was more like um I got more so the impression that he may have just not been diagnosed with a certain mental illness as to what mental illness I'm not entirely sure but it seems like he kind of like experienced hallucinations of a sorts like pretty chronically through his Mm -hmm. life but his most vivid one was seeing himself outside of his own body. I mean that would be scary. (laughs) That would be terrifying. Me? Like I see me and I have to live in me every day. The last thing I need to do is see me outside of me. That's a lot. <laughs> no thank you. It's too much. It's too much. Um so then next I have uh John Don. So a 16th century English poet whose work often touched on the metaphysical, Don claimed to have been visited by his wife's doppelganger while he was in Paris. She appeared to him holding a newborn baby. Dawn's wife was pregnant at the time, but the apparition was a portent of great sadness, because at the same moment that the doppelganger appeared, his wife had given birth to a stillborn child. So, the story first appeared in a biography of Dawn that was published in 1675, more than 40 years after Dawn had died. And the English writer Isaac Walton, a friend of Dawn's, also related a similar tale about the poet's experience, However, scholars have questioned the authenticity of both accounts as they differ on a couple of really crucial details. But uh, as far as like what he penned about his own experience, that was kind of what he had seen was uh, his uh, wife's doppelganger or a body double of his wife carrying their child. And he then shortly learned about his own wife giving birth to their stillborn child, which is definitely coincidental, if anything else. I feel like it also could be like a trauma response thing you know altering memories i know i kind of was curious about that one too but but yeah so that was uh his uh iteration uh, at least of his experience with a potential doppelganger um then we have a story from johann wolfgang von goeth so um this case suggests that doppelgangers might have something more to do with time or dimensional shifts so johann wolfgang von goeth a 18th century German poet, wrote of confronting his doppelganger in his autobiography, Dichtung und Wahrheit, uh, which is called Poetry and Truth. In this account, Goeth describes traveling to the city of Drusenheim to visit Friedrich Brion, a, or Fra- Friedrich, Friedrich, maybe? Brion, a young woman with whom he was having an affair. So, emotional and lost in thought, Goeth looked up to see a man dressed in a gray suit and trimmed in gold, who appeared briefly and then vanished. Eight years later, Goeth was again traveling on the same road, again to visit Friedrich, and he realized he was wearing a very gray suit, trimmed in gold, that he had seen his double wearing eight years earlier. And the memory Goeth wrote later comforted him and his young love um, and as they parted at the end of that visit. 
So, in his case, he believed that his doppelganger was not a, like, current manifestation of himself, but rather a, like, lapse in time. Like, with the idea that time is somehow, like, all happening all at once, all the time. And that he'd mm-hmm. just seen himself and not recognized that it was himself and thought it was somebody who looked like him. I mean, that's an interesting theory. Right? So, definitely an interesting take on it. And, uh... Or maybe I mean, he, uh, saw someone wearing that suit and then subconsciously was like, that was a cool suit, I'm gonna get one. That sounds like something I would do. <laughs> like, like seeing somebody <laughs> wearing something and being like, man... That's pretty cool. I think I'd like to own that for myself. And then just completely forgetting about it. And then one day he's like, man, what I'm wearing kind of looks like what that other guy was wearing. What's the coincidence? What are the chances of that? I bet he was my clone. He's trying to steal my identity. Call Obviously. Call FBI. Call the FBI. Could not be anything else. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no other explanation. Right? I know. I. It's funny that you said that because that was my thought too. Is just like, uh, what are the chances that he saw it on somebody else and was like, man, like, that was, what a dapper looking dude. And then just years later, he happened to like buy the same thing for himself because he really liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would do the exact same thing, so I don't fault the dude. But I'm just saying, like, doppelganger might be a bit of a stretch. Right? I don't know. I do I do think the take, though, on, like, thinking it was himself, but, like, from the future, because he was, like, walking the same road, that's kind of an interesting take, too. For sure. And, I mean, that would be kind of cool. Me in a parallel universe. Me in the future. I prefer... I would prefer seeing myself from the future than something pretending to be me. Like, if I had a choice. Same. 100%. Right? Just saying. But, um, so that's his take. And then I do have one other story. And so this one is from Sister Mary of Jesus. And, um, in this one, it's one of the most astonishing cases of bilication. Um, and it took place in 1622 at the Isolita Mission in what is now known as New Mexico. So, Father Alonso de Benavides reported encountering Germano Indians who, although they had never before met Spaniards carried crosses, and observed Roman Catholic rituals and new Catholic liturgy in their native tongue. The Indians told him, also, by the way, this is just, I've taken all of my verbiage directly from the source, so this is not my own penship, just in case anybody was curious. This is how he told it. So, um, from what he said, the Indians told him that they'd been instructed in Christianity by a lady in blue who came along uh, to them for many years and taught them this new religion in their language. And when he returned to Spain, Father Benavides' investigation led him to Sister Mary of Jesus in Agrita, Spain, who claimed to have converted North American Indians, not in body, but in spirit. So this lady was back in Spain. This man, (laughs) New Mexico. Okay? So, Sister Mary said then that she regularly fell into a cataleptic trance, which after which she recalled dreams, in which she was carried to a strange and wild land where she taught the gospel. As proof of her claim, she was able to provide highly detailed descriptions of the Jamano Indians, including their appearance, clothing, and customs, none of which she could have learned through research since they had only been recently discovered by the Europeans at that time. And how did she learn their language? She said that she didn't, 
and that she just simply spoke to them and God let them understand one another. So in this case, uh, basically this priest from meeting them and seeing that they've already were practicing Catholicism, um, found a lady who had basically claimed that she had taught them, but she had no idea who they were. And that was through a form of like her projecting herself physically to another place in her dreams. Like on the astro plane. On the astro plane. You got that right. We always find our way back here. But yeah, no, and I also <laughs> thought that was a really interesting take because it also kind of ties in astral projection, which we've also talked about previously, so. Yeah, these stories that you're telling me, like, they give me the same vibes as, like, yep. the astral plane stuff. Totally. Well, and that's why, like, um, for, like, an extension of this episode, I really wanted to find modern-day people's reiterations of doppelgangers that they've seen or, like, situations of bilication. Because these ones are just the most popular ones from history that are, are kind of, like, considered noteworthy um, ones when talking about it. But mm-hmm. as far as, like, actual experiences, it, like, there's been lots of people, like, either through Reddit or other online forums who have shared their own experiences. And, like, there's some really spooky ones out there. I mean, you'll have to just do another episode on it so we can hear all the spooky stories. Well, but that is my plan. My <laughs> real question for you, Emily... Is have you ever seen a doppelganger of yourself? Not really. Um, like I said, or the closest you know. thing I've see that's the things I've had other people tell me that they've seen somebody who looks like me who's not really me in the town that we grew up in. But I myself have not seen another person that I think looks like me, other than like I told you the situation where I dyed my hair and then walked past a mirror and then scared myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So that would really be it. But I have heard other people say that they've seen somebody who they think is me and it's not actually me. But um, I did have somebody who was friends with this person show me, like, a a picture of what they look like. And it's somebody who just has, like, the same, like, face shape that I do. And it looks like the same, like, very similar eyebrows and, like, like, nose lips. Like, the the face measurements line up, but, like, if you look at them, you can tell it's not me. Right. Yeah. I don't, the only people who I've met who I'm like, oh my god, they look so similar, it's kind of spooky, is my uh, partner's best friend and mm. your friend's partner. They are very weirdly looking. The, the only difference that I can even still catch between the two of them, like, if I'm really looking, is one of them is just taller than the other one. Like, they, they have a slightly so different alike. build, but they look so alike. But I'm pretty sure it's because they are both Dutch. That is what I'm putting it on. I'm pretty sure that's why. (laughs) It's the Dutch curly hair look. It has to be. Blonde Dutch curly hair being very tall and thin. And that's it. That's all it takes, folks. And you got yourself a doppelganger. That's true. But yeah, uh, but uh, since I was kind of hoping to elaborate more in depth on another episode, that kind of brings me to the... End of today's episode. If you guys liked the show, you can visit us on our website, which is www.wheelcrime.com. You can also send us an email and tell us your own story. If you have met a doppelganger or um, experienced bilocation, since uh, both of them are body double situations, that could be really cool. And that is wheelofcrime at gmail.com. Besides that, you can leave us a review on wherever you listen to our podcast and help us with uh, finding new listeners. That could be greatly appreciated. 
Uh, we also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate to the show, which is at Wheel of Crime on Patreon. Um, and besides that, um, we also have social media, which is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Wheel of Crime. Uh, if you would like to check us out there for show updates. And that is about it. That's all I got. All right. And that brings us to the end of another episode. So with that, we will see you all next week with another new episode. Okay, bye. Bye.